Hello everyone, this is Anthony. Uh, glad to be with you. There's so much going on in the world right now. There's so much going on in politics and um, there's a lot going on in the spiritual realm as well. And so today I'm going to be sharing with you the deception that snuck into the church in the form of mind renewal, right? Meditation, mind renewal, whatever you want to call it. And scripturally, it's renewing of the mind. And so we're going to be exposing today how a lot of it is actually new age methods. It's new age formulas on how to actually renew your mind. Uh, so can you say, does it work? Eh, it works to a little degree, but not really. Not really. It's more uh, psychosomatic. And when we actually look at scripture and what it says, it exposes everything. And so we're going to use some practical examples. We're going to look at this, and we're going to see exactly what God says about mind renewal. Okay? So everybody always goes to Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. Hey, Chris. And when we look at it, it says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service. Verse 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. So they say, look, we have to renew our minds. Look, we, we're transformed by the renewal of our minds. Right? So is, is there truth to this? Yes, there's truth to this. But what is it? Uh, because what the church has been portraying as a whole is, oh, you need to do declarations. You need to do confessions. And if you're old enough, you probably can remember the 80s. In the 80s, my grandmother, she used to listen to these meditational tapes. Take a deep breath in, deep breath out. Say these things about yourself. Believe the best about yourself, right? All these different things that were actually very new age. Um, were practice and if we if we could take a just a careful comparison and we look at the at both of them we can see or I can see there's tons of similarities these similarities are you know you speak something and if you speak it long enough that maybe just maybe you'll start believing it and I'm going to show you this goes against what scripture actually says and, it, and it's crazy how we haven't checked this. We haven't challenged this. We just accept it as truth because it's covered in science. It's covered in pseudoscience. It's covered in a, a lot of different things that they say, look, look, this has to be true because we look, we're, now we have the things that um, prove it. And it's just, it's not, it's not le legitimate. It's not real. And so that's what we're going to be covering today. So there's always uh, certain things that, I like to ask when I'm studying something out. And I always challenge it, right? First Thessalonians 5.21. It says, test everything. Hold on to that which is true. And so looking at this, you have to ask yourself, what does scripture say about having the mind of Christ? What does it say? Okay. So let's let's go to 1 Corinthians 2:16. Let's let's dive in this. Let's look at what scripture actually says compared to what we've been what we've been told it says. 
So in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 6, it says, For who has understood the mind of the Lord as in to instruct him? Right? But it says, But we have the mind of Christ. Notice it does not say we earn the mind of Christ. Hey, Giselle. It doesn't say we earn the mind of Christ. It doesn't say we develop the mind of Christ. It doesn't say any of those things. It says we have the mind of Christ. Now think about that. Can you earn the mind of Christ? No, you can't. That's ridiculous. It's impossible. Who, who can instruct the Lord? Right? Read, read the context of the verse, what it's referring to. It said, who, who, For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But it says, well, we have the mind of Christ. So you can't earn it. You don't deserve it, right? It's, it's none of that. But we have the mind of Christ. So it leads to the next question. What is the mind of Christ? Right? You know, Scripture answers, the, answers that as well. What is the mind of Christ? Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. And I, I tell you, go back, read this. Read the whole context of what it's saying. And you're going to discover exactly what I'm sharing with you. Exactly what, what God actually says compared to what we make it say. Okay. So let's look at Philippians 2 verse 5 through, through 8. It says, Have this mind uh, among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now watch this. It says, Who, thought, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. Verse 7. But emptied himself by taking on the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. Verse 8. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. So mind renewal. I'll tie that back into the mind of Christ here in a second. So when you look at the mind of Christ, Christ's mind was complete and total obedience to God. This is him. This is, this is how he works. This is how, how he lived. How do I know this? Because we can go to John and we can look up every single time Jesus said, I do what my father says. This, I, I do what he does. I says what he tells me to say. I do what I see him doing. And you find it over and over and over throughout the, the gospel according to John. And why is he bringing this out? He's bringing it out showing that he was not pushing his own will. He was constantly pushing the will of God. He was constantly submitting himself in obedience, being willing in obedient, right? It says you shall eat the fruit of the, the good of the land. He was completely willing, completely obedient to walk out the word of God in his life. Jesus never contradicted what the Father said about him because he lived in perfect obedience. So you want to renew your mind. It's, it's proven by corporations. It's proven by the, the business world that the quickest way to renew your mind is by doing. Wow. That's, come on. It's by doing. 
You read the Word of God, you obey it, you do it, and you renew your mind to it. So when we look at Jesus' life, he never challenged any in any way disobedient towards the God, or else that would have been considered sin. That would have been considered imperfect. But he walked in perfect obedience to God. And this is what we're looking at. This is how you renew your mind. You renew your mind simply by being obedient to the Word of God. So you have a bunch of people in church that listen to Scripture, and they do declarations, and they, they do confessions, and, and everything. Understand, they're not wrong, but the way it's been taught is completely wrong. And I'll qualify that here in a second. But what I'm saying is, when you look at exactly what Scripture says, the church has all these people saying these things, thinking that they can talk themselves into believing what God's Word says. And it's sad because it's, it's impossible to do. You can't do it. So what you find is something very interesting in Scripture where Paul says, and I was looking it up real quick, where Paul says, he's quoting the Old Testament, he says, it's God speaking, he says, I believe, therefore I speak. And Paul says, and we also believe, therefore we speak. So when you begin to realize that Paul is saying to renew your mind is already doing, it's already trusting, it's already believing. So whenever you confess something, it's because you believe it. And the, the best way to, to understand this is a clutch in a car, right? If you don't put that, engage the clutch, you're not going anywhere. You can push on the gas as much as you want. You can do your confessions, you can do your declaration as much as you want. But unless you engage the clutch, which is trust, which is believing, because if you truly believe something, you fully trust in it. Then you engage that clutch and it drives forward. That's why when you, you can declare something completely trusting in God and it happens. We see this with healing all the time. Be healed in Jesus' name. And then they're healed. We spoke something completely trusting that God is able to fulfill His promises. And so when you begin to realize how this works, that you can declare something fully trusting in the nature, in the character of a good God, and this is what makes the difference. So reminder renewal is so simple. It's so easy. Read His Word and be obedient to His Word. That's it. That's what I'm saying. You can't earn this. You can't do anything to deserve it. Because think about it. You're saying, I can earn the mind of Christ by doing declarations. I can earn the mind of Christ by increasing in my knowledge of the Word. By memorizing Scripture, by uh, declaring it over myself and everything. Because I know God's... Pro okay, look. This is one question... We get a lot as we travel around the world and we're ministering. People ask, he's like, I, I see the promises of God. I know what they are, but I never experienced them. I know God says I'm supposed to be healed, 
but I'm never healed. I've had the who's who of ministers pray for me, and I'm not healed. Why? And so you have to break it down. There's two words for knowledge in Greek in the New Testament. Did you know that? You probably know about one, because that's the one that's commonly translated knowledge. And that word is gnosis. Okay? And that actually means experiential knowledge. Knowledge that comes by walking out and experiencing it firsthand. And then you have a word that's intellectual knowledge. And it's a different Greek word completely. And I haven't memorized it yet, so I'm looking it up on my iPad. Give me a second. And it's the word gnosko. Which means to learn to know in your head. Intellectually. So a lot of people, they learn the promises of God intellectually instead of placing their trust, their whole heart into God and say, God, I completely surrender to you. I believe you. I trust you wholeheartedly so that I can step into experiential knowledge of walking out your promises on a daily basis. See, so you have these people who think that they're believing, that they're trusting because they know something. A lot of people know that airplanes, they fly in the air, but they're fearful to even fly in one. Because they don't trust it. They know about lift and how airplanes work, but they don't trust the plane themselves. And we have the same thing in the church that's infiltrated the church is how everybody says, well, I know what the Word of God says, therefore I must believe it. So I'm believing. No, you're not. You're not believing. You're hoping. There's a difference. Hope is something in the future, something that might happen. It's not guaranteed. In fact, when you look at the Greek word for hope in the New Testament, it doesn't mean hope at all. It means expectation expectation is completely different because when you have an expectation for something you know that it's coming you know that's going to happen i look to the hills for where, from which comes my help this is david he said that there's an expectation that the lord is on his way to deliver him so his expectation his hope right hope his expectation is actually in the lord so if we break this down, if we, if, I know we're talking about minor note, but let's break it down a little more to, to bite-sized pieces. You can only trust someone as much as you can trust their word. Yes or no? You would have to say yes. Because you can't trust their word, and you really can't trust them. Right? You can trust them a little bit, I guess. I, I, I mean, you're, you're cutting hairs. Because either you trust or you don't trust. And this is what God's uh, basically saying. We, we either trust or we don't. And we see Jesus saying this to disciples. And it's simple. You have to choose to trust God's word. And you read scriptures that he doesn't lie. It's impossible for him to lie. So if he can't lie, then you know he's completely trustworthy. Because he's good, he's perfect, he's, he's righteous, he's loving, he's merciful. 
right? So you begin to look at his character, and if you view him through his character, you know that it's completely trustworthy. But what do we do? We say, oh, I'm going to test it. I'm going to test this, and I've been guilty of this. Trust me, I've been guilty of this. I'm going to test this to see if, if this is really God, to see if this is really him. And we never fully trust God. We just put a toe in the water. I don't know if I'm going to jump in. I just want to test it. I want to, I want to make sure that this is what I think it is before I, I dive all the way in. And we look at God, and God, I mean, oh, let's look at this. Let's just bring up Hebrews. I was trying not to go there, but you can't help but go there when you're talking about trust. Hebrews chapter 11. Remember, faith means trust. Anywhere you look in the Old Testament, you're not going to find the word trust, uh, the word faith anywhere in the Old Testament. It's always the word trust. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Over and over and over. Do not trust in yourself. Do not trust in your flesh. Do not trust in your own mind. Do not, don't trust in your own understanding. But trust in Him. Lean on Him. Focus on Him. The whole thing is back to trust in God. Over and over and over. And then you look at the New Testament. You don't find trust anywhere. And if you do, it's actually the word pistis, which is the word that translated faith. Okay, so all faith is, is trust. Simple. Simple. Let's keep it simple. Trust. So now trust is the assurance of things expected. I'm translating this for you. Now trust is assurance of things expected, the conviction of things not seen. Hmm. Very interesting, right? Not only that, but it says it's impossible. It says without trust, it is impossible to please him whoever would be drawn near to God must believe, and that word is, is coming from the w- word pistis, right? So it's a compound word to, that means to believe in Greek. And if you think about believing, it means that you actually trust, right? It says that we must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And so mind renewal basically boils down to the fact that you completely trust his word and you become willing and obedient to do his word because as you do his word his word unfolds in your life and manifests in your life and you begin to see the goodness of God you begin to see the word made flesh you begin to see that your mind is being renewed in that direction it's just like when you start learning a skill when you start learning a new job it's repetition also on, on this thing, right? Okay, well, I'm learning how to use a cash register, and it's a digital cash register. I got to push this button. I got to push that button. I got to do this, and I have to push that. And then it, this is what it, it produces. All right, now do it again. And then you push this button. You need to push that button. You push this button. And then you have to do it again. And then you do it again. And you do it again. That's why obeying the Word of God once doesn't solidify a renewed mind. It's doing it over and over and over and it becomes easier and it becomes faster and then you become you're able to do it without thinking it's like driving right when you first started driving oh you were tense you're holding on to the wheel with both hands and you're checking all your mirrors you're you're doing everything that you've been taught to do and now 10 years later 20 years later you're talking on the phone you're texting you're you don't do those things right but I'm just saying, you're able to do it without thinking about it. 
because you've renewed your mind to operate the vehicle. And it's the same thing, walking out the Word of God. You renew your mind to the mind of Christ, and His mind was complete and total obedience. And there's many other verses we can go to and dig out, and you can see that Jesus was constantly living a life of not His will, but God the Father's will to be done. So everything He did, He didn't do for Himself. He did it in obedience to God. And this is this is the challenge. This is what we need to get to. Stop making it complicated. Stop falling into the New Age tactics that are being taught in, in major Christian circles. Forget all that. Just decide to read His Word and be obedient to His Word. Because this is all it is. This is how simple this is. And so when you begin to do this, it begins to transform everything you think, everything in, on how you see. I'm, I'm telling you, I've got thousands of testimonies, tens of thousands of testimonies of prophecies, of God's provision, of healings, of miracles, of creative, of creative miracles, words of knowledge, words of wisdom. I mean, everything that you find listed, I can tell you, we have testimonies. Giselle, who's on, I'm telling you, you can ask her. She was with us in a lot of stuff in Brazil. And, and just amazing things. Just watching God just completely go straight to the heart of people, no matter what it is, and completely transform them. And the more that you do it, and the more often that you do it, you're renewing your mind to the Word of God. And then you begin to see things that you never saw before. You begin to notice things that you never noticed before. It's kind of like when you decide you're going to buy a car, right? You do your, your, your research, you look around, you test drive it, and all of a sudden, you're driving down the highway or driving down the road, and you start seeing that car everywhere, right? Oh, that's, that's a car. Oh, man, I didn't realize how many people drove this car. Why? Because you begin to renew your mind in that direction, and you started paying attention to it. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. All you have to do is read His Word, trust His Word, obey His Word. And you begin to transform your mind and renew your mind in line with Jesus Christ to where you're being completely obedient to Him and it completely changes everything. I'm telling you, it changes everything. There was um, a, a time we were in, um, in Brazil. Giselle was with me. She was translating for me. Uh, and there was, remember we were leaving that pizza place, Giselle? And this pizza place, it's late. We had just been ministering all day. We were in the heat. It was hot. It was, it was muggy. I mean, it's, it's near, uh, it's a very forested area. It's, it, was, it was just very hot, <laughs> right? And we, we finished ministering all day. We finished eating pizza. And we're waiting for our ride to pick us up at the door. And God tells me, see the lady at the door and I turned and I looked and I said yes I see the lady at the door I said she's the owner go bless her and I was like God I'm tired and he says what did I say I said yes sir so I walked over in the middle of my weakness in the middle of, of being extremely tired I walk over and I grab Giselle 
and said, ma'am, are you the owner? And she goes, yes. So I was like, okay, that was totally God because I had no idea this lady was the owner. So we step inside. She tells us she had something physically wrong with her. She had pain for, I, I don't remember how many years. Maybe Giselle remembers. And she had a degenerative back disease. And I was like, oh, oh well, that's easy. Let's, let's take care of that first. We prayed for her several times. She's completely healed. She starts touching her toes and everything. Remember that, Giselle? And then God told me, all right, bless her. So I said, okay, I'm going to just bless you. So I take her by the hands and I start prophesying to her. And up to that moment, I didn't think about what God wanted me to say, but I surrendered. I surrendered my thoughts. I surrendered my, my mouth. I surrendered my imagination, everything to him. And all of a sudden I start prophesying to her. Now I'm just prophesying to her. I'm just telling her all these different things that God's telling me to say. And I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not even giving my chance, myself a chance to doubt. And I'm just saying it. Giselle's interpreting. This girl, this lady, this woman, this woman of God, starts crying. Okay, that's, that, that we've seen that. We, we've seen that a lot, right, Giselle? And, and then all of a sudden, she starts bawling. Right? And then, so I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, continue. So I continue. And Giselle continues. And we're both kind of like, Okay, we're like, what do we do here? <laughs> and she collapses completely to the ground. She starts smacking the ground with her hand. And we had to stop, right? We had to stop and we just waited until she composed herself. She stood back up and she wanted to say something. I said, nope, I'm not done yet. The reason why we do that is because we don't want whatever they're going to say to taint what God's saying, right? So finish prophesying over her. And... She asked if we were an angel. Remember that, Giselle? She, she asked if we were an angel. And I said, why? I'm not an angel. I'm a son of God. Why? <laughs> and um, he said, well, because this morning I sat up and I had a list of questions for God. And you answered every single one of those questions. And it was just being willing. And, and the more that you do it, the more that you completely surrender, the more that you put yourself in that position of complete surrender, whether it's healing, whether it's prophecy, whether it's word of knowledge, whether it's words of wisdom, whatever it is, acts of kindness, whatever it is, it begins to flow. Then you don't have to think about it. You don't have to purpose in yourself, oh, uh, I'm going to go do this outreach. Oh, I'm going to go do this um, so that I can put this into practice. No, no, because you have it learned. It's a part of you. The next thing that happens is it naturally flows out of you. You've renewed your mind so much into this. It naturally flows out of you. And so you get around people, and all of a sudden, it just starts bubbling up, and it starts flowing out of you. And, and it's funny, because now I have a lot of friends. I love my friends. <laughs> I have a lot of friends that we communicate with on a regular basis. And now, they said, they'll call me out of nowhere. And you got to love them for it, right? It doesn't feel good when, it, when you're on the spot, but you got to love them for it. And they say, I need a word, Anthony. Um, can, can you prophesy to me? And I'll be like, sure. Why? Because it doesn't matter if I'm there. It doesn't matter if I see their expression. It doesn't matter um, if I know what they're going through or what's going on. None of that matters. He knows everything. And you're tapping into his mind. 
to the mind of Christ. He knows it all. So it's like you're this device that gets plugged into the internet. But instead of having any of the fake news and all the garbage and everything else, you just have simple truth. And you're accessing the simple truth through a divine connection that only comes through Jesus Christ. And you begin to share with them exactly what God's saying for the situation. I had a brother recently call me. He says, I need a word. And I was busy with my nephews and I said, sorry, give me, give me 30 minutes. I'll call you back. Is that okay? Is, is this time sensitive? He goes, it's time sensitive. Uh, 30 minutes will work though. I said, okay. So I called him back 30 minutes later. I didn't have a chance to ask God specifically what he wanted, what he, what he wanted to share with him. I just kind of jumped on the phone with him and I said, okay, this is what God's saying. And I broke it up into several topics and just been started giving him details. This is what God, I believe God's saying and, and, and he's saying to you right now. And I, I laid it all out for him. And, and then at the very end of it, I said, all right, I hope, I hope, you know, <laughs> I hope, um, I expect that God has answered what you've asked him. And he says, you have no idea. It was, it was very specific for me. Thank you. I said, okay. Well, bless you. Talk to you later. All right? So find out, several days later, it was right on to exactly what he was asking God. And we, we just kind of laughed about it. Because he, he's like, I have a testimony for you. And he never gave, gave me a testimony. But you begin to realize, this is all God wants. To truly renew your mind, all you have to do is surrender to His Word, to His will, to His Holy Spirit. And you begin to walk it out. And the more that you reinforce this, you develop the habit, you develop this consciousness of constantly doing it, and then you begin doing it without, without even thinking about it. It, it's, it, it. it gets to a point where you don't want to shut it off. You, 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 don't, you don't care to shut it off. Right? So it can walk into a place... Look at somebody, boom, God starts telling you stuff about them. He's telling you about their life. He's telling you about the issues that they're going through. He's telling you about details and, and different things in their life that he, need, he wants to speak to them on. And you can go over there in that second and say, look, I know you don't know me. But I really feel impressed of God to share this with you and deliver a word. And you can do that anyway. You can do it at any moment, in any time. Right? And it's not just prophecy. It's not just healing. It's not just... Those are all just side effects of relationship and being reconciled back to God. And this is what we need to get back to. And so, you know, I hope you, you understand what the importance of differentiating, trying to earn a mind renewal compared to understanding that your mind is renewed simply by being obedient to His Word. Just be obedient to His Word. And your mind is renewed. It's that simple. Don't make it more complicated than what it needs to be. And so we're about to launch a new series. And I know um, later on today, about 15 minutes or so, I'm going to be talking about phony intentions for counterfeit Christianity part two. Um, but we're going to be launching in October, um, October, September, sorry. We're going to be launching... <laughs> Chris, do you really want that right now in front of everyone? <laughs> um, we're we're going to be launching 
a, a series called The Lies That We Have All Prayed. I pulled y'all, y'all weighed in. Everybody wants lies that we have all prayed. And we're going to smash some things that we've been taught in the church that don't hold any water. And the only thing we've been doing has been trying to put a band-aid, a band-aid on the problem. And I can guarantee you this is going to transform your life. We were doing discipleship last night. I was sharing some of these simple truths um, of, of exposing the lies that we've been taught. And man, we had a, an awesome time last night in discipleship. And it was just, mm, it, was, it was so good. So good. I'm telling you. I was, I was praising God. Our, our disciple, disciples were praising God. And, and Daisy's like, man, I should have recorded that. So we didn't get to record it. I was driving on the way home, and so we didn't have a chance to record it. And there's just so much richness in what God's doing in the body of Christ. And, it's, and he's saying it's time to come higher. It's time to raise the standard. And so we're going to really dive into that. What do I mean by that? Um, basically, for me, I, I believe that prophecy is something personal and... Um, and so you never know who's watching or who's going to watch this later. And so, yeah, so if I prophesy to you right now, um, you might not like it because I'd, I'd be telling you some things that you already know uh, that God's speak, been speaking to you for a while now. And so, yeah. So I'll call you right after this in, in my break, and then 15 minutes later I'll do the phony intentions, all right? So... So it's important that when we go forward, we understand mind renewal, do the word of God. That's simple. That's simple. Don't make it more complicated when it is. All right? Well, bless you. Share this. Like it. Follow us on Facebook. We're going to be doing this every week. Um, we're going to be delivering more uh, in-depth teachings and, and, and series uh, that's going to help you get back on the right track on letting the Holy Spirit teach you and train you compared to throwing all of our confidence in people to train us, okay? Because if we do our job right as a true disciple, as a true discipler of Jesus Christ, we'll do exactly what he did, and that's teach you how to fully trust God and to rely on his Holy Spirit because he will teach you things. He knows your heart. He knows your life, and he'll help you overcome things very quickly. It won't take years. It won't take months. And it, it, it won't take long periods of time. But you see, it's, it's simple. Learn that you already hear him. And that you, you're walking, as you walk with him, he talks to you. And you just make time to listen to God. And he begins to expose things. He, he begins to bring things out. And this is what we need to focus on. All right, bless you. Thank you. And we will talk to you soon.